Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, where we offer you podcasts of the supernatural and the unexplained. Get ready now for Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. A few months ago, I was asked to write a foreword for an upcoming book. And the author said, I'll send you all the chapters that I have so far and leave it with you. And I said, yes, I did. And the book is called Gathering at the Doorway, an anthology of signs, visits, and messages from the afterlife, all compiled by Camille Dan. I really didn't know her story, why she asked me, but, you know, I said yes. Well, the book just came out this past week. And it is filled with over 40 stories from people, from scientists, etc., about reasons to believe in the afterlife. And as you may know, I still have another show called We Don't Die Radio, which is more one-hour straight interviews with people. And I got an opportunity to interview Camille, and my heart was really touched. Little did I know that Three years ago, her son had passed. And of course, as a bereaved mom, looking for reasons to believe that he's still around, she just combed through books, etc. And someone said, you should check out podcasts. Well, she found my podcast and she went through almost all of them. I think actually all of them and how it changed her life. Not only that, but how she ended up developing a relationship with her son across the veil. If you're interested, you can actually watch the video interview I did with Camille. You can go to YouTube and type in We Don't Die Radio 378, and you can hear her story. I'm not going to repeat her story on this episode, but I do want to share a few things from the book. Like I said, it's a compilation of many, many authors and many stories. And I'd like to read to you one of the stories because it just touches my heart and lets us all know that signs are real, but we have to pay attention. Yes, we do. So, This first story is called Death of a Skeptic by Carol Allen. Who would have known that I would be such a hard nut to crack? My doubts began to creep their way right back in. Like a broken record, I constantly reassured myself. Tyler touched me. I heard him. And what about the song, the video, with the precise words I needed to hear? Okay, Tyler, if you are here, I need more proof. Even though my Tyler had gone above and beyond with so many signs and messages already, why did I still require more validation? Why did I doubt it? It's not like I had forgotten the previous experiences, but I yearned for more. Undeniably, magical things continue to happen. For example, while driving to the grocery store one afternoon, music abruptly began playing loudly. 
Oddly enough, it wasn't coming from the radio. Rather, the music was blasting from inside of my purse. I pulled over to see what was going on, and inside was my tablet, tucked away in its folded stand-keyboard combination case. It was deep inside my purse, still clearly closed. Regardless, the music was loudly playing. It played an unfamiliar song that I've since been unable to locate. The song described laughter and joy. It was uplifting, and my son's way of saying, Good afternoon, Mom. I arrived at the grocery store. This was my first trip back since Tyler's passing. Hoping it would make the experience less painful, I chose a branch location less familiar to me. While walking down the aisle, I happened to glance at what was one of Tyler's favorite chips. Only to become flooded with emotion, I recalled how Tyler would put these chips inside of his sandwich. Standing in the aisle, completely still, My eyes welled up with tears. Suddenly, the bag of chips fell from the shelf, landing directly in front of my feet. Confused, I looked up and down the aisle, trying to piece together how the bag mysteriously landed at my feet, only to find that there was no one else there. I was completely alone in this aisle. I knew immediately what had happened, but could hardly believe it. Did Tyler just knock down those chips? Deep inside my soul, I knew that it was him. This made me smile as I whispered, I love you, Ty. Next, I headed over to the deli. While looking through the selection of encased deli meats, etched into the glass, read the name Tyler. All I could do was stare in disbelief, shocked at what I was looking at. You've got to be kidding, I whispered to myself as I smiled and laughed. How can I help you? asked the clerk. Rather than placing an order, I asked the clerk if she had any knowledge about why the glass read Tyler. I couldn't help myself. All I could think was why, of all the infinite things that could have been etched onto the glass encasing, did it have the name Tyler? Perplexed by what I had just asked, she gave me a bizarre look and responded, "Uh, I believe it's the name of the glass company. Speechless and in disbelief, I paused to gather myself before ordering. This was more than a coincidence, as this wasn't just unlikely, but borderline impossible. The odds of Tyler's name being boldly displayed on my very first trip back to an unfamiliar store were too significant to write off as a coincidence. This was Tyler. On the drive home, I called my sister, Marilyn, to come meet me at my house. I wanted to share with her in person what had just transpired. We sat together on the couch as I attempted to effectively communicate what I'd just experienced without completely fumbling over the words with laughter. For the first time in a long time, the tears that were rolling down my cheeks were of joy. I was laughing so hard that I could barely speak. You should have seen the way the woman looked at me. After I asked why the name Tyler was etched on the glass, I exclaimed while hysterically cracking up. It was then at that very moment that the lamp right next to me turned on randomly. That's strange. How'd you just turn that lamp on? I asked Marilyn. Are you kidding? It's Tyler again, Marilyn yelled with a smile from ear to ear. Marilyn has always believed in the afterlife, frequently referencing her experiences with spirits, loved ones on the other side, long before Tyler's accident. Years ago, when my boys were little, for example, Marilyn religiously watched a television program that featured a psychic medium from the East Coast. At the time, I would say things to her like, you are too funny. It's hard to imagine that you believe in this stuff. I never actually watched an episode myself. I deemed it fiction and was far too skeptical to even entertain the idea. I became addicted to the signs and could never have enough of them. It's time for another sign, Ty. Please play me one of your songs. I turned on the radio. There was no song playing, rather an announcer's voice. I raised the volume. We have a Tyler on the line. How are you, Tyler? Rather than noticing the deliberate sign that was placed in front of me, believe it or not, I felt abandoned. 
I expected to hear something we played at the service for him. Perhaps Simple Man by Leonard Skinnerd, or one of the other songs we had included in his video. With my head in a downward spiral over the absence of music at the time, it had never even crossed my mind that this was his sign. Feeling cheated, I again pleaded with him the following day. Tyler, let's try this again. Please play me your song. I turned to the station and heard, We need to congratulate Tyler on his engagement. This time, unlike the day before, the fog lifted and it became crystal clear. Perhaps it was not what I had expected, but nonetheless a wonderful sign. I smiled as I recounted the announcer's statement on the radio from the previous day, realizing what I hadn't yet put together. Days later, I found the courage to clean Tyler's room. I hadn't been able to bring myself to stay in there long enough as it was far too painful. I certainly had no intention of parting with any of his things, but needed to dust, vacuum, and organize a bit. As I was tidying up, things like candy wrappers, empty water bottles, and junk food began to dominate the inside of the trash bin. On the floor stood Tyler's sneakers, remaining in the precise position he had last left them. I looked at his closet full of clothes and walked to the closet, reaching for his shirt. I closed my eyes and I placed his crisp, clean shirt to my face to smell it. I could feel my tears as they rolled down my cheeks onto the shirt. This was beyond difficult. Opening my eyes, I then walked over to the desk. There were still papers scattered on top, partnered by a remote control from his Xbox console. Inside his desk was a drawer and a journal. It was clear after shuffling through all of his pages that the entire journal contained only one sentence. It said, I know two things. God exists and I exist. Tyler wrote boldly across the center of the first page. The remaining pages that followed were left blank. Later that evening, as we were watching television, I told Tony about Tyler's journal that I had found. Wow, was all he could say. His voice was shaky, coupled with his speechless demeanor. Don't you think it's crazy, I asked. We haven't spent much time over the years practicing religion or even referencing God with Tyler. I'm just devastated, Carol, Tony said. I want him here. I stood up and made my way into the kitchen. A few minutes later, Tony yelled out, Babe, I just saw Tyler. What? What do you mean? I asked. While watching TV, I saw him walking from the corner of my eye. I wanted to run and grab him, so I turned my head in his direction, but then I couldn't see him anymore, Tony said, and his eyes welled up with tears. Undeniably so, Tyler is here. We're heading off to a break now, but when we come back, I want to read to you the foreword that I have in the book and talk a little bit about signs. I also want to share with you some nurses and some experiences of deathbed visitations. So these are all coming up in this episode of Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. 
Visit BetterHelp.com Shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Shades. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. I was just sharing a chapter from the new book, Gathering at the Doorway, an anthology of signs, visits, and messages from the afterlife by Camille Dan. And like I said, it's packed with over 40 stories and different stories. And the last story we just heard of a mom getting the signs from her son, Tyler, just reminded me to share that signs can be very, very subtle. I don't know, but I expect once we get over to the afterlife, we'll see what it takes to do signs. I know there's got to be manipulation of energy. There's probably a school that we go to to figure it all out. Some of our loved ones who were engaged in electronics while on planet Earth, maybe the young people, are more apt to work through songs on the radio and turning the lights on and off. And do they actually manipulate electronics? I believe they can. But also, I believe they get us to look at certain things at certain times. Like the story of the word Tyler etched in the glass from the deli counter. Throughout this book, there are tons of pictures. And that Tyler was in pretty bold print on the glass. So as we walk through our day, I recommend that we slow down and we pay attention. Thoughts can be imprinted into our mind. Memories can come out of the blue. You may get a whiff of a cologne or a pipe that grandfather smoked, or your eyes might just be directed to a license plate on a car or a billboard that have your loved one's name. It is possible that they're like, Mom, or Sandra, or your name. I'm right here with you. So please don't discredit signs. It's easy to think they're part of our imagination. I want to go ahead and read the foreword that I wrote for this book because I think, I just think it's good. (laughs) How's that? But it makes sense. You'll understand in just a second. 
We humans are interesting creatures. The process of being created is miraculous when you think about it. Our little human embryo is full of everything we need to grow, to be living, breathing, walking, and thinking creatures. We live in self-generating, self-repairing bodies that come with our own battery packs. Just add a little food and water, and we may exist for over 80 years or more. We live on a planet that just happens to have everything we need for our survival. Our sun that keeps life possible is just one star out of the estimated 20 billion suns that also have planets in their solar systems, and that's just in our Milky Way galaxy. How many galaxies are there in the universe? Astronomers can safely say that there are at least 170 billion, but most feel that number is more like 2 trillion galaxies in an ever-expanding universe. Everything we use on a daily basis somehow originated from the basic elements of this planet, air, water, rock, and earth. The mobile phones we use, computers, televisions, radios, are all able to connect through an invisible source and supply us with never-ending information and entertainment. Our lives are miraculous, yet as human beings we seem to be controlled by our minds, which are incorrect most of the time. Although our devices can connect wirelessly, Our minds often doubt that we can do the same thing. Have you ever noticed your mind spends way too much time thinking about the past and worried about the future? Have you noticed that it never stops talking to you, judging everything you do and who you are? Have you ever caught it saying that you aren't good enough, smart enough, something is wrong with you, and something is definitely wrong with other people? This is also the mind that wants you to doubt the existence of the afterlife, to overlook the subtle signs that have you think of a loved one who has transitioned. Our minds try to convince us that we must see it to believe it, when we are really miraculous beings living in a miraculous universe. This book, Gathering at the Doorway, an anthology of signs, visits, and messages from the afterlife, is full of incredible stories and experiences that show us that death is an illusion and that we live on. Over 40 authors courageously share their experiences so that you may believe that there is much more to life and the afterlife than you know, and that your life is precious. There is nothing wrong with skepticism, and it is healthy for us to question much in our lives. However, as you read, beware of the messages that come from your negative mind. With 25 years of investigating the afterlife and witnessing thousands of afterlife communications in so many ways, I believe that the mind is necessary to have us play this game called life. The game is difficult, not for the weary, but full of opportunities for our souls to experience, to learn, and to grow. It is often said that life is about the journey, not the destination. And the same holds true for this book. Whether you read it cover to cover or let your soul guide you to a random chapter, set aside the voice of negativity and remember the miracle of you. You are one of a kind, and I believe we all came here to learn and to experience many things. So I ask you to be gentle on yourself, know that you are surrounded by love and support from the unseen world, and let this book be a constant reminder of who you really are, a magnificent and divine soul having a human experience. Sandra Champlain. Do I want you to buy the book? Uh, Kind of, yeah. (laughs) I'll be honest. It's a good book. But more so is I think we human beings need stories. Left to our own devices, we get trapped in that negative head, don't we? Even me, with all these many years, I wake up in the morning and I don't remember. I don't remember who I am. I don't remember how powerful I am. And each one of us are. I get trapped by all the things that I need to do or what I should have done. And that mind constantly tells me that I am not doing enough and that I'm not enough. I should eat more fruits and vegetables. I should exercise more. It's always negative. So 
it takes creating one of these podcasts, or it takes reading a good book, a YouTube video that might be about the afterlife, being on a medium demonstration or our Sunday gathering that we have every week, getting connected with the greater reality, seeing people get medium readings or experiencing the divine words that come through a trance medium. There are so many different things that can bring me back to understanding that I'm part of a much bigger reality. And so what are you doing? What is your practice? Now, can I tell you, I'm grateful that you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife. I really am. Because I try to give you what I know and what I've experienced and what others are doing. But what can we put into our lives on a daily basis so that we can remember and see more often? Right now, as I am talking to you, I'm at my kitchen table with beautiful newly washed windows by myself, looking out into the backyard where I have oh beautiful bird feeders and I'm looking at squirrels and there's a cardinal and pretty soon I'm sure the turkeys will come around to peck on what's left on the ground. But nature is something that if you can experience it one way or the other, gives you an opportunity to slow down and be present. Everything around you, like I had mentioned in the foreword of that book, is a miracle when you think about it. When you can catch your breath, take a few deep breaths, be present to whatever is going on in your life right now, whether it be working, listening to this show, looking outside, and you start paying attention to just the teeny tiniest things And like I said in that foreword, isn't it mind-blowing to think absolutely everything that we're experiencing right now that we have all came from star stuff, all came from this earth and the rock and the trees and the plants and water. I mean, everything. If our electronics can communicate in this unseen world, why can't we? It is natural to be skeptical, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's healthy, as a matter of fact. And I have to be honest, there's a lot of people out there that we should steer clear of. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of people who prey on the grieving, I'm sorry to say. I know there's mediums out there that charge, oh, I just saw one guy charges $500 for a 15-minute reading. I mean, that's ridiculous. So... We need to be weary of what's out there. We need to let things pass through our inner, I'll call it BS detector, pass things through your gut, your soul. Does it resonate with you? I've used this example before, but if you go into a clothing store and there's a bunch of things you want to try on and you bring them into the dressing room, some things fit and you want to buy them and some things don't. In this world of exploring the afterlife. There are going to be things that are said that you try on, that you want to keep, you want to take home with you, you want to wear. There's going to be other things that you try on and you go, "Mm, not really for me. And that goes with what I'm saying as well. We are on different points of our journeys, some at the very beginning And some have been exploring for quite a long time. Wherever you are on the journey, take what's appropriate for you and use it to empower you in your life. Just recently, I got a beautiful email from a lady and she has been experimenting with electronic voice phenomena. And lo and behold, she sent me a list of things that her partner had said through these voices that appeared on her iPad. Pretty extraordinary. So wherever you are on your journey, don't fret. You're just at the perfect part, the perfect point, and you're not alone. Just stay open, stay aware, stay present, and you never know what's possible. You may have heard this before, but the word impossible, you know how often we use that. Well, let's look at it. I'm possible. I can connect with my loved ones. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're going to shift gears just a little bit. I usually find myself on YouTube finding one thing or the other, and I know YouTube records what I watch, and so recommended things come up. I saw a video from a nurse talking about working in hospice and her story about bedside visitations. And if you're new to the show or unfamiliar, if you talk to any hospice worker, mostly nurses and some doctors, they can share with you that they 100% believe in the afterlife. They have witnessed over and over and over again, just before someone passes, they look up and they can see their deceased spouse or their mom, their dad, perhaps an angel, someone is there to greet them. They are clear, lucid, not fantasies, and they're very, very real to the people, which make me feel and know that no one dies alone. Whether people are alert or not, we are all greeted by loved ones who help us across the veil. I'd like to play for you now the clip from Nurse Hadley, And she titles it, From Skeptic to Believer, A Hospice Nurse's Story. And she's got lots of stories if you go to her YouTube channel, which is Hadley Christine. I've been a nurse for about six years, and four of those years I've worked in hospice, which is care for people who are dying. So I've seen a lot of death, and I'm not scared of it anymore. And I love to share my patient stories with you. 
When I first started out as a registered nurse, I took a job in a hospital like many people do. And it's, it's really hard. There's a lot of abuse and neglect that you see for patients. As nurses, you're abused a lot of the time. And no one wants to be there. It's a hospital. You don't want to be there. So it's very mentally draining and very depressing. After I did a year in the hospital, I took a job as a manager in a nursing home, which is where I met my husband. He's a physical therapist. But that's also where I was exposed to hospice for the first time. I loved how the nurses got to be one-on-one -on -one with the families and I found myself extremely drawn to them. The whole process of it, it was so interesting to me. So when a job opened up with the local hospice company, I took it. I was raised as a Christian. I went to a private Christian school for much of my life and I considered myself to be a Christian. But in the back of my mind, when I took that job, I questioned it. I wondered, is there an afterlife? Do things just go black whenever you die. But now that I've been in hospice for four years, my view has completely changed. And here's some of those stories. <sighs> so my very first hospice patient was a lady in her seventies. She had bone cancer and she was not confused at all. She was totally with it. And one day I'm sitting by her bed, just charting on my little computer. And she turns to me and she said, my sister is sitting in the chair next to you. And I look over and no one's there. And I said, oh, okay. She said she died 20 years ago. And I said, okay. And she said, do you believe me? And I said, yes. But in the back of my mind, I wondered if maybe her kidneys were failing, which would cause some hallucinations or some confusion possibly. And she said, please don't tell my family because they're going to think that I'm crazy. And I said, okay. And she said, I think I'm going to be dying soon. And I said, you know, you're really not showing any signs. Your blood pressure's okay. Everything's okay. You know, everything's going as normal. Um, but lo and behold, she did. She passed a couple days later, very peacefully. I had another patient who is very near to my heart. I saw her every Tuesday and every Thursday for six months. She was 98 years old, very spunky and very vocal about being ready to die. Her husband had passed away pretty early on in the war and all of her friends had died and she would talk to anyone and everyone about how she was ready to meet her maker, which was her words. She was Catholic. She was very religious. So one night she had COPD and she had a COPD exacerbation, which means that it was very, very hard for her to breathe. So I was there. I was able to get it under control. And afterwards she told me, I thought that that's how I was going to die. And I was very scared. And I said, you know, what were you scared of? And she said, I'm Christian, but I just, I was scared. You know, maybe, maybe it does just all go dark. And I said, I, I understand that. I get that. So a couple of weeks later, she started to decline and she was sleeping a lot and she was only awake a couple hours a day. And I was drawing up some medications for her. And I saw that she was looking at me. So I said, Hey, and she said, I'm, I'm going to pass tonight. And I said, I don't think so. I think you've got a couple more weeks. And she said, no, I'm going to. And I said, are you scared? And she said, no, my husband's here to get me. I said, he is. And she said, mm -hmm. he's watching us right now. And it's going to be tonight. And I told her, okay. And I told her I loved her because I did very much. And I doubted it. I thought it would be another week. But at 3 a.m. that morning, I woke up randomly and I knew she was gone. I just had a feeling. And the next morning when I got report from the night shift nurse, she said that she had passed around 2.30 a.m. And it was very peaceful in her sleep. These stories are just two of literally hundreds of people who have the exact same experience, exact same story. I no longer doubt at all that there's an afterlife. People have that exact same experience of family members coming to get them. It uh, doesn't matter what religious background they are, their race, their economics, anything. They, they all have that same experience. I share this on my TikTok and I'm excited to keep sharing this on my YouTube now. Uh, if you subscribe, I cannot wait to keep doing this and leave me a comment and let me know what you think. Nurse Hadley Christine is a beautiful gal and her 
channel is very, very sweet. And what she's doing recently is she's finding out the favorite meals of her hospice patients. And so one gentleman loved rice and beans. So as she's telling you the story of when he passed and what happened, she's also cooking rice and beans in his honor. So I find it very sweet. I'm not going to play one of those for you because you can hear the pots and pans in the background. But one of the things she said is leave a comment. Here's a little trick for you. Whether you're interested in deathbed visitations hospice nurses, stories of the afterlife, near-death experiences, type those things into YouTube. Not only can you find some really great stories, but I recommend you look in the comments because people who may never tell their story anywhere else, they comment about what has happened in their life. So I want to share with you just some of the comments under this video. This gentleman says, the moment my wife left me, her eyes lit up from the inside, glowing a blue surpassing all I had seen before. And that is the moment when I stopped being a total atheist because she caught my gaze for the final time and she smiled. This gentleman said, a woman had terminal cancer, couldn't walk and needed help feeding herself. In the wee hours of the morning, she partially sat up waving her arms around and saying, wow, wow, wow. Her husband woke up and asked what was wrong. She said, look, look at all of these angels. They are so beautiful. Don't you see them? They're everywhere and they're so beautiful. Just look. At that moment, she laid back and lifted her hand like trying to take something and she passed away. My friend said he knew for certain that she was with her Lord and Savior in heaven. Here's another. Before mom died, I asked her to flash the living room lights when she passed on to let me know she was okay. She promised she would. Mom was very religious, so I knew she'd be heading to heaven warp speed. Not only did the lights flash in the living room, but so much in the bedroom. I had to take the bulb out. I said, okay, mom, I get you're okay. And they never flashed again. Here's another. When my grandmother passed away, The day before she died, she told my aunt, I have to go. Nora is here. Nora was my mom who had passed 10 years prior. She passed at 9.22 p.m. My mom passed on 9.22. Here's another. Before my mom passed from cancer, she was in a rehab facility since she'd had her surgery. I went to go see her and her eyes were closed but she was upset. She would be heard saying her sister's name and seemed very confused. The night my mom had surgery, her sister was in a fatal car accident, and we never told mom since they were very close. She was talking to her sister, not realizing that she had passed. Life doesn't end. Here's another. I lost my son to cancer 16 years ago when he was 30. I sat with him all day and listened to him arguing with someone. It took me a while, but I finally realized he was talking to his grandfather, who passed away when my son was five. And another, my stepfather was dying of cancer. The last week of his life, he kept asking, is it Wednesday yet? He passed away the following Wednesday at 1 a.m. I find comfort in hearing these stories. Here's another, I worked as a hospice nurse too and saw a lot of things. Another nurse and I were helping the sweetest lady get washed and dressed for the day. She was sitting at the sink in her wheelchair, brushing her teeth, when suddenly she looked up and said, Oh, it's so nice to see you again. She slumped forward in her chair and died. I am not a skeptic. Here's another. My grandmother passed in our home. Her last days she was in a coma, no response to anything. I heard her breathing funny one evening and told my mom. They realized she was passing and asked if I could be in the room. At the last moment of her life, she seemed to wake up, opened her eyes, looked at us and said, bye-bye, and then reached her hand up in the air like someone was reaching for her hand who had come to get her, and then she died. And one more. My mom passed away 15 years ago. She was in a nursing home and was declining. A day before she passed, I walked into her room and she told me, look, Uncle Bill and Aunt Mary are standing right there in the corner. I said, oh, wow, that's really nice. I totally believed her that they were there to help her 
go to her heavenly home. She passed away that evening. It's time for our last break. And when we come back, you're going to hear some words from Vincent Jenna, who used to work in hospice. Some incredible words. We'll be back. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. And now I would like to just share with you some words from medium Vincent Jenna. He's been in the business for over 35 years as a medium. But why I want to share this with you is he has worked as a hospice clinical social worker and has been by the bedside of over 500 patients who had transitioned into the afterlife. And on episode 319 of my We Don't Die radio show, I spent over an hour with him talking about his history, but I asked him to share a few words for one of the listeners who was close to being at the end of her life. And I know whether we know it or not, we are all going to pass from this world to the next. So this clip, I asked him if he had some words for her. First of all, and I'm so sorry that you are going through this. We'll keep it anonymous, but I'm so sorry that you are going through this. No matter what your beliefs are, understand that they still don't cushion the pain of loss, okay? When I was working with my own family members, my own parents, when they were dying, I mean, with all that I know, and I talk with deceased 
people, right? It was still hurting that my parents were dying. So do not be afraid to acknowledge any of your feelings. They are normal. You're going to go through that. You're going to grieve for yourself. You're going to grieve for letting go and leaving others that you love. That is going to be absolutely normal. On top of that, you want to add, you want to make sure you really affirm and let go of your fears of dying, your fears about what happens. I will tell you this, your soul will leave your body before your heart stops. Souls do not need to experience the actual dying process. It's why others will look at you and they'll say, oh my gosh, she doesn't even look like she's there anymore. Um, Her body just looks like a shell. Well, that's because your soul is already stepping away. And believe me, believe me, it's you will in those moments know that your life is continuing. Do not be afraid of seeing loved ones now, guides, angels. You're not imagining anything if you happen to see anybody. When you start reminiscing about your home, your childhood, that is basically their way of reconnecting with you so that you can trust when the time comes. Acknowledge everything. The most important thing is don't be afraid to talk. Do not be afraid to talk. And if there is somebody around you that cannot talk with you about what you're feeling, find somebody who is. There is always somebody. If you are on hospice, I assure you, the chaplain, the social worker, they are definitely willing to talk with you and allow you to speak. Don't hide your feelings. Embrace everything. Embrace the process. We put these labels on in our life to be able to understand it and cope with it a little bit better, but embrace the fact that leaving the body is actually still part of life. How many times have you gotten a new car in your life? I hope you don't say, no, I only had one car in my entire life. (laughs) I can assure you that you've had more than one car, right? right? So you've had more than one vehicle to get through life. This body is only one vehicle that you are using and you are more than that vehicle. And as you embrace that idea and concept, you will get validation. Your dreams, your visions, your feelings, all of a sudden you may feel a peace about you. It's like, wow, um, I'm just all of a sudden feeling so peaceful about things and I have no idea why. It's what happens when you embrace, you will get validation that life continues. Look, we, yeah, can we have our doubts and fears, especially at the end? And it's so easy for me to speak because I'm not facing that right now. I am not facing my mortality. I did at one point, I had a heart attack um, a couple of years ago, though it wasn't as disastrous. Matter of fact, it didn't even feel like anything. Um, I, you know, they told me I had a 99% blockage. They put in a stint. I was like, oh, so you're telling me I could have died? And they're saying, yeah, absolutely. We're surprised you didn't. I didn't even have any damage to my heart. I wasn't afraid. Really, truly. Okay. And the more you recognize the beauty of life and that there's more than, you begin to lose your fear. And let your prayers be about giving you the strength in in your beliefs and your convictions. Let me remind me how faithful I am, God. I believe in you. I believe that there is life afterwards. Remind me of that. Give me the strength to believe in that even more so. Give me the validation. Hey, angels, come about and start talking with me. I'm not afraid to talk with you. Don't be afraid as best as you can of dying. Enjoy the life that you had. Stop reproaching yourself of anything you didn't do. Yes, acknowledge your normal feelings throughout this entire process, the good ones as well as the negative ones. Just allow yourself to feel 
okay, and go with the flow as much as possible. I'm actually foreseeing it being a peaceful passing when the time comes. There's still some people for you to talk with. Um, you don't mind. I'm just jumping in all of a sudden getting a great. psychic feeling. No problem. Okay. I definitely feel that there's people that you need to talk with still and release everything out of your heart. What you want to do now is clear out your heart. That's what I'm talking about. Clear it out of negative feelings. Clear it out of fears. Clear it out of angers. Clear it out of anything other than love and fill it with love. Fill it with joy. I don't care who you are and how old you are. There have had to be some joyous moments in your life. Think about those joyous moments. Recreate them. And that is the best type of stuff that you can do at this point in your life right now. Those words hit me very powerfully. We will all face that moment. And on our Sunday gathering, I gave the address and I posed to our community, what would it be like to create in your own mind, your own death experience? And if we were to take some time now, while we're alive, to actually practice what our final moments will be, complete with the people helping us across the veil and who we're going to see and the joy we're going to experience, to be able to create that in our mind now and practice it, then I think we may not have that fear when our time comes. And when we're with loved ones that are passing, we will be strong and be there for them because we know what's about to happen. So if you're up for this, is to imagine that perhaps you're lying in your bed, perhaps you're with hospice, because whether you have home hospice or you're actually in a facility, that's the way I want to go around the most loving, caring, compassionate people in the world. But if you can imagine there, Got a hospice worker or a loved one holding your hand. Imagine you take those last few breaths. And as you look back upon your life, you're thinking about loving memories and the love you feel. And then just imagine who would be coming for you. For me, be my dad and my grandmother and maybe my kitty Millie jumping right up there on the bed with me. And imagine you take that last breath seeing a very, very bright light, being flooded with the feeling of love like you've never felt before. And as this bright light seems to dim just a little bit, you are seeing into the hereafter. You're seeing loads of people who have gone before you with big smiles and their arms are reaching straight out to you. The pets that you've had before are all right there. It's a beautiful summer's day. It's a world that looks familiar, but slightly different. There are colors that you have never seen before. There's beautiful sounds. And this feeling of love is so very strong. You take some time and you hug all the people that have gone before you. And you realize that death is an illusion. And you get an opportunity to look back upon your life. Not a judgment, but looking to see how well you experienced obstacles and difficulties. How many times you've made a difference in the lives of others. You get to see times that you wish you had done something maybe a little differently, but you get to see the learning that you experienced. And like looking at a television screen, you get to see the people on earth. You get to see the people that are left behind. But of course, they're not really behind because they still exist. And you know you'll do everything you can to let them know that you're still alive and well. And you can take as much time as you want in this process and explore whatever you want to. And when you're ready, you can remember that you're still on earth and you have created this. But the more we can practice having these experiences for ourselves before we go, it'll help us live a powerful life 
It'll help us realize the conversations we still need to have with people or the things we may need to do. Our life continues in the afterlife and we can do so much more. So with that, I want to remind you that today we heard some words from Hadley Christine. You can look her up on YouTube. You can check out the book by Camille Dan called Gathering at the Doorway. You can visit vincentjenna.com. And of course, you can go to wedontdie.com which is our home base. Join our Facebook group, come to a Sunday gathering, take a course with us, be in touch. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I want to thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. 